BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> history began, its people have celebrated the magnificence of this land. Tonight, we celebrate America, a land of many people, a country that continues to grow, a nation of courage and independence. America the beautiful. celebration as we commemorate the birthday of this great nation. With joy, we celebrate the United States of America, a vast mosaic of individuality, 
and inspiration, a vibrant palette of cultures and colors, a country whose pioneering spirit continues to live on in the hearts and minds of people who cherish freedom in this land and around the globe. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and of course, sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think up your happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland. I, of course, am your head Lost Boy Jeremy, but you can call me Spider-Pan because all of us Lost Boys around here have nicknames. And you know what? We even have nicknames for the pixies, too. Why do we have pixies? Because girls are too clever, and they don't get lost. Now, of course, if you want to have an official nickname, please visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, and go into the Neverlanders page where there you can fill out a form if the website is working. I have been having problems once again with HostGator trying to get my website back up. It has been down for nearly a month. I've done about all I can, and hopefully, though, by the end of this week, it will be back up. Uh, But, of course, you can still visit us at WeBeGeeks.com if you want to look at show notes or anything like that. Or when you download the episode, you should get some show notes even there. But, yes, I've been having that problem, and, yes, I've been aware of it, and hopefully it will be fixed very soon. I'm paying an extra fee over to HostGator to try to restore the website. Uh, It's been a mess. It's been a real hassle. But on some other lighter and more fun things... Uh, if you happen to have a Nintendo Switch, both Eric and I have been playing one. We, we I got one for my 42nd birthday. I went and kind of got one for myself. Eric has recently acquired one. We're both playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And uh, based upon how much Eric is playing it, I, I think he's enjoying it as much as I am. It is, it is very cool. It's very different from uh, the Zelda games that you're used to. Uh, but it's, it's just good you know it's, it's just fun you kind of just wander it's a huge world and it's challenging uh but i'm also still having a lot of fun we've uh gotten stardew valley if you've never heard of that go look it up it's very retro style the way it looks but it's just a nice patient feel good kind of game uh, stardew valley a lot i have a lot of fun playing that also i've recently acquired mario kart 8 deluxe for the nintendo switch and if you'd like to be able to play with me uh i think at some point i should give you my friend ID number, or heck, email it to me, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com, and uh, you get a friend request from me, and then maybe we can play some Mario Kart together or something sometime. Uh, even Stardew Valley, apparently you can play, uh, make, make a farm together somehow or another. I'm still figuring all of that out, but we're just having a grand old time playing, and I'm sure Eric would probably like to play with you as well. Uh, I'm hoping he gets Mario Kart sometime so I can race him, because I'm having a lot of fun with this new Mario Kart. But that's what's going on in my world right now. But this week's episode is going to be a little different because it's a holiday week and I kind of want to take a bit of a week off. Uh, so although I'm working July 4th, you know, I work in radio and radio doesn't stop. Uh, and I work in two different stations. Uh, I fill in on one and then I work regularly on another. And the, the place where I fill in, their, their regular person wanted to have the evening off on the July 4th. And so I, I'm going to go ahead and work it for him. So I'll be working on July 4th. The nice thing is that some of the communities nearby me will have a fireworks display on July 3rd, and we usually go to one up in Kearney, Missouri. So on July 3rd, I'll go get to enjoy some fireworks and some fun, and then July 4th, I'll be working, but that's okay. I need the money, and you know, I'm showing this other station that I'm willing to work 
and being there. So I'm still working my way to get more of a full-time type of position where they have more for me to do. And of course, I'm, you know, branding myself and, you know, trying to get to where I have more of a show that would be mine would be great because uh, right now what I'm doing, I do a lot of news and the news that I read sometimes is very tragic and uh, it's I think it's taking its toll on me. Uh, I took out a, a section a couple of shows ago where I kind of went on about some of the sad things going on, but I don't want to really dwell on those, so I don't really want to tell you, but I tell you, going and doing news, you have so much things, some very tragic things, but there is one nice positive story I'd like to share with you and uh, maybe keep this person in your prayers, but this officer, Jasmine Diab, or Diab, it's D-I-A-B, so I've been calling her Diab, uh, but she was injured in the line of duty, uh, she was shot, and was lucky to have survived. Uh, she's moving into a therapy phase of her uh, of recovery. Uh, but the small town where she's from, Trenton, is going to have a blue smoke event at 105 on July 4th. Uh, 105 is, of course, is, it's her badge number. So doing it 105 in the afternoon, what they thought would be appropriate. But it's just a nice story because she's going to be okay. And she's recovering, and the community has come together on this. And they've got a GoFundMe up for her. So... I've been able to follow this story for the last couple of weeks since she was shot and having her survive that. So, you know what? That makes me feel good when I get stories like that because there's so much tragedy going on, even in small towns. And so many terrible things happen, and it's now part of my job to have to report it. And I I know it's taking its toll on me. It's very sad. So I'm hoping I can get more into a position where I'm doing a type of radio where I don't have to worry about those. You know, I wouldn't mind doing something a, a wacky, more a type of show where maybe I get to talk about some weird news and stuff like that. So I'm working my way, hopefully, that direction to make my, myself into more of a brand, kind of like what I'm doing here with the podcast. And you know what? I would like to take this podcast in maybe a bit more fun and wackier directions. Uh, we're coming up on 300 episodes. Somewhere in the back of my head, it's thought almost to, to stop at 300. Like, you know, we're, I'm not growing as fast as I would like. This, this show is not as big as I would like it to be. And sometimes I feel like the best way people manage to grow their podcast is by a, a lot of copyright infringement or celebrity guests. And I wouldn't, wouldn't mind some more celebrity guest interviews. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to sometimes to line those up. You have to know some people who know people or whatever. And so that's kind of a challenge. And I've always just wanted the show to be fun. And But the other thought that I've had is other than instead of stopping at 300... We're just going to maybe change things up a little bit, and maybe the show will become a little bit more wackier, and uh, maybe I have a few extra goofy sound clips that will come along. I think I just cued myself for one right there. So, but we're, you know, I want to just make sure we're having as much fun as possible, and go ahead, and if you have not reviewed the show on iTunes, please do so. It just takes you a couple of, couple of minutes. Uh, share the show with others and everything. I want this to be a big community. And, you know, come and join us on Facebook and have some fun. I'm working on We've got a Discord server. I haven't done a whole lot with it. Uh, I would like to have some more fun on that. Maybe we can have some hangouts on Discord or something, you know. I want to be more interactive with you and have some fun with you. And I wanted this show to be just, you know, you have a good time when you come here. That's kind of the goal. And I'm and the other things that have been going through my head here lately is I'm coming up on 10 years since I've been on my one and only Disney trip. And I feel like part of that Disney magic is leaving me a little bit. Because, I mean, it's been 10 years. And so, you know, I'm interested in a lot of other things other than Disney. And we like to cover a lot of different things here. You know, we have a lot of things that are fun. And I want to have some more retro-style fun and talk about some fun stuff we did in the past. So, 
coming up with a, you know this we're coming up and completing six years of this you know coming up after episode 300 or even going into episode 300 i think i, I want to focus a little bit more and have more just fun and just fun conversations like that eric and i can have a lot of fun with conversations and even bringing in some other friends and stuff i think we we're just want to have more fun here and talk about some retro things and i have some really fun topics that are in my head that i would like to do that i think eric and i can have a lot of fun discussing so i haven't dropped all these topics on him yet but uh I, he and i i think we're going to have some fun with some of the ideas i have in mind so we're aiming just to make a fun show and if you have like some fun ideas or something you'd like us to talk about and you think it would be fun send us an email podcast at neverlandpodcast.com i mean you are part of this you are i'm in your ears right now but you are of course part of this all right you've however long you've been with me if you've gone back and listened to the old shows and worked your way up at some point or you just were there at the very beginning however you've come along you are a part of this welcome to the community you well you've been part of it so i don't necessarily need to see welcome but you know i i I just have this vision of what this should be and how much fun I want to have. And this is this is like my refuge coming here and doing this. And I want it to be a refuge for you to just have some fun and have a good time. And I think I've said having some fun way too many times. But anyways, let's just get into it. I've been babbling long enough, like for eight minutes now. This is going to be a special show. I have the second half of my interview with Gary Wood. Uh, and let me just remind you, he did a uh, really fun little comedy film called Saving Star Wars, which basically the plot line is two Star Wars fans who accidentally kidnapped George Lucas. It's available to view on YouTube. Uh, he premiered this at, I think, Star Wars Celebration 3. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So we talk a little bit about the making of that, and he's also going to talk about a Steve Martin documentary he's working on, which should be a lot of fun and also very funny. So there's a lot of other things going on, but it was a fun conversation, so we're gonna I'll bring you that first. But then for the rest of the show... I want to celebrate America. Even if you don't live in the United States, you can skip the second half if you really want to. But I'm going to share some audio from Epcot, The American Journey, uh, uh, some source audio from 2018. So I think it is the current version of it. So we're going to listen to that and enjoy that as well as we celebrate the holiday. But you've heard enough of me just talking to you directly. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to me talking with Mr. Gary Wood. To Disney and beyond. I, you know, I, I am now 55 years old. I made Saving Star Wars 15 years ago, <laughs> so <laughs> that was my first, you know, first full-length movie. Really, my first. I don't think I even made any shorts before then. I think the most, the only thing I made before then was I did a murder mystery show at a comedy club that I was working at, and I basically filmed the resolution to the comedy club, or the, the murder mystery. So mm. kind of like, and I think I filmed a little uh, preview too that kind of set things up, like of all the, uh, who, the who could have done it, and then the audience had to like guess it, you know, guess who, who did it or whatever. So and that was the first thing I shot. And my first editing, but I edited it all on VHS. I shot on VHS and edited. Oof. Edited. I can't even say the word edited. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I edited or did it anyway. So uh, yeah. So that's probably the only thing I've actually shot, wrote, and shot. And then saving Star Wars full length feature film. And at the time, I'm like, well, to me, it takes just as much effort and uh, crew and time to shoot. Not time, but uh, to shoot a, a feature as it does to shoot a short. Um, but yeah. what I found was that and when you're done, you have a feature as opposed to a short, which, you know, it's not a lot of, 
back end on a on a short, you know. Um, get to watch it in movie theaters, you know, but it's five ten minutes. Um, yeah. What I didn't anticipate, of course, like I said, was the momentum keeping it going. We couldn't afford to not have day jobs, you know, so we right. only shoot on the week. And, and and that goes for the entire cast. They all had. I mean, we had. Like I said, Scott was a Rolls Royce executive. Uh, we had students, you know. We had, um, gosh, we had a. Uh, I think she works for Mary Kay. I had a <laughs> uh, Jim Peterson as a drama teacher at a high school. Uh, oh, <laughs> coinc- coincidentally, <laughs> again, huge coincidence. He was the drama teacher at the high school that Jake Lloyd went to. Wow. <laughs> I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> so and here's a little here's another little anecdote that I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but Jim, you know, drama teacher. They've got a performing arts arts theater, right? Mm. We were supposed to have a song and dance number in this movie too. <laughs> All right. And uh it was gonna be, you know, Rock Me Amadeus. And it was gonna be <laughs> Kind of like they're all running from the hotel. They're running and they find themselves kind of on stage. Very, very similar. If you remember Wayne's World 2, I think it was, where they were all dressed up like, well, basically the village people, but unintentionally. And oh, they yeah. All, they find themselves on stage in front of a crowd and they just right. start doing it. So kind of that <laughs> similar, similar scene with Rock Me Amadeus. Well, uh, Jim you know, works at the high school. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it there. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you know, it, it, he put it on his calendar and everything, and certain people got wind of it. And, of course, um, Mrs. Lloyd got wind of it that it was saving Star Wars, you know? And like, oh, it's Star Wars related. So clearly this has to be because my son does the school. That's why they're doing it. But... <laughs> There's no way in the world you're going to get them to believe that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I wasn't, right? So uh, I get a call from Jim, and he's like, man, he goes, I just got reamed. And he goes, yeah, we can't do it. And uh... you know, it's like Jake Lloyd's mom came in talking to the uh, superintendent, just pitching a fit, blah, blah, blah. And to, to in her defense, I know that, well, one, he's gotten kicked out of a couple different schools. He got kicked out of a private school because he's kind of a D-bag. Yeah, uh, but, <laughs> you know, but, um, but she also has to protect him because it's, he had plenty of pedophiles that had, you know, bounties on his head and stuff Ooh. like that. So there's all that. So I get, you know, she's got to be protective. But, yeah. you know, simple conversation would have solved this, right? So and she might have been asked Jake if, you know, Jake might have wanted to pop up and have a cameo. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm not saying he can't be in it, you know. Mm. I'm just saying that wasn't our goal, and I'm not even saying, you know, hey, does he want to be in it? I'm just, you know, but I'm, you know, it's sure if that's what it amounts to. But I didn't even put that out there, right? It wasn't even about him. It was about we have a, just coincidentally, Jim is our, you know, one of the leads, and yeah. he's the drama teacher at that high school that, since he got kicked out of the private school, he's now in the public school. <laughs> and, you know, so, um, so what ended up happening was I ended up calling the superintendent of this high school. And I said, uh, yeah, I said, I understand. We ran into a little bit of an issue. I said, I know um, 
you know, I guess we can't do it. He's like, yeah, we can't really, um, you know, insurance and blah, 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 and liability and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I know that, you know, Jake Lloyd's mom came in and I guess she had some concerns. I said, I'd be glad to talk to her. And he goes, he goes, who? (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. I go, Jake Lloyd's mom. He goes, who's Jake Lloyd? I go, Jake Lloyd is a student at your school. He goes, oh, well, we've got a lot of students, so I'm, I'm, unfortunately I'm not, don't familiar with everyone or know all of their names and this and that. And I said, well, first of all, you, you've talked to his mom from what I've heard, <laughs> so I think you'd remember him. Second of all, this kid was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and I find it very, very hard to believe that you weren't aware of him coming to your school before he arrived. I'm sure there were conversations with his parents. I'm sure there was conversations with him. I'm sure this was a big, big deal. Yeah. And he's like, well, uh, no. Like, so, and I kind of feel like you're calling me a liar. I said, well, I kind of feel like you're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, well, he goes, I don't think I'd be calling someone a liar who could potentially help you. Uh, get to other schools if you need other schools. And I said, I said you're misunderstanding me at this point. At this point, you've lied to me, and I don't want your help. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I can get other schools just fine. I don't trust you. I wouldn't trust you. There'd be strings attached. And I said, there's no way in the world that you do not know who Jake Lloyd is. He's a student in your school. There's no way in the world. And I said, so at this point in time, uh, you know, I appreciate your time. I don't want to shoot at your school (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I don't want your help because you're a liar, you know? So just another weird anecdote (laughs) stuff stuff that happened during the the, making of this thing. So, you know, and I know, you know, Hey, Jake grew up, you know, as a child actor and nine times out of 10, that never goes well. Yeah. Um, the reason why he settled in Indianapolis was because they shot Madison down in southern Indiana and they liked the area. And I think he also needed to be, you know, kind of disappear um, because of all the, you know, those pedophiles and all the yeah. things that were people that were seeking him out. That's and I unfortunate. Get it that, you know, I get it that it's hard. It would be hard to believe that your son who was in star Wars goes to high school. And then all of a sudden this, uh, this low budget fan film based on star Wars is filming in his high school that, and it's unrelated, but it totally was, yeah. <laughs> you know, so very, very odd, you know, yeah. But back on what you were saying about how Star Wars is like a bonding thing with the father and son in the film, uh, that uh-huh. works still in real life. The funny thing is, my my wife now, uh, one of the early, when we were still kind of friends, still trying to figure out what we were, we actually mm-hmm. waited in line to get st- tickets for the Phantom Menace, and we went to that film together. <laughs> We've been to every Star Wars film since together, so <laughs> it has awesome. been a bonding thing. <laughs> I've been married sixteen yeah. years now from Star Wars. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So you like you guys celebrate your anniversaries depending on which Star Wars film is I mean, <laughs> out. Yeah, that was our Rogue One anniversary. <laughs> Although that I don't think she went to the theater. She didn't go to the theater with me to see Solo, though. Really? She didn't see it, see that one until I bought a copy of that one. Okay. So well, let me let me give you my real big Solo. Um, the Star Wars. Oh my god. Okay. So 
gosh, how do I put this? Okay. I went to see it at the theater, right? Mm-hmm. And it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. There was so much, so many morons being butt hurt over The Last Jedi, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that they, you know, they boycotted. And, they, and then these people, these fans, you know, they get it on video and they go, wow, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not great. I mean, it's not the best at all, you know. It's but it's fun, fun you know? yeah yeah absolutely i and still had fun dude, even though somebody pulled the fire alarm halfway through the movie and we all got <laughs> ushered out of the theater and we had For to really? come back in and they had to back the movie up about 15 minutes to try to get uh, us all in there so it yeah. took me about three hours to watch that movie <laughs> wow that sucks that sucks but I but mean, it made it memorable know, i could have yeah i could have done with some of the some of the backstory silliness I could have done without, you know, like how he got his name solo. It was kind of <laughs> kind of cheesy and it was you know, but it, cheese works gun. in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? But some of it was like, you know, tell you what, you know, now Han has shot first twice. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I think that was amazing. It was so yes. So um I just they, it just got a bum rap, and yeah. the, the biggest problem to me wasn't the boycotts. The biggest problem was Star Wars is no longer a summer film, and the summers are now packed. You know, I boy, mean, are they? It came out. I don't remember the chronology, but it was it was Star Wars was battling, uh, you know, up against um, what was it? Infinity Infinity War? Maybe was it Infinity War? Uh, it was one of well, the Marvels. It wouldn't battle with a you know Disney that tries not to compete with themselves now, <laughs> so yeah. it wouldn't necessarily yeah, yeah. Be a competition. Right, and so. Dead, Deadpool two and Jurassic Park, and it was it was in the middle of all that. And yeah, Star Wars always made its money, made its massive money uh, through repeat viewings. Yeah. But when you got Star Wars and Marvel and Deadpool and Jurassic Park and you know. People are going to be seeing all those movies. They're not going yeah. to be going to see Star Wars two and three and four times. Now, had they, uh, you know, had some patience and wait and released it in the and in, in for Christmas like they had been, and I get they wanted to hit that May twenty fifth date, but May twenty fifth isn't the same as it used to be, you know, yeah. in terms of movie. Uh, yeah. If they waited, Marvel owns May then, now. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And so if they'd waited till Christmas. Uh, when January and February are typically dead months, although February is coming on, you know, stronger these days. But uh, that's when you're going to get those repeat viewings. You know, that's when there's nothing really out coming in January. So, hey, let's go see Star Wars again. You know, plus you're also dealing with Netflix and all that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think the biggest issue with it was not the script. It wasn't the movie. It wasn't the fans. It was just sad scheduling, you know. Yeah, and could be. I personally would have would have said this is a bad idea, but now they know, and hopefully they know. Hopefully they looked at it and go, yeah, we actually blundered that one, and it wasn't all this other stuff that we're giving attention to, you know. And unless Kathleen Kennedy had something to do with the scheduling, which I'm sure she did, it wasn't her fault, you know. She made the best movie that they can make, and it wasn't a horrible movie, and the people that were boycotting it have watched it now and actually realized it's pretty fun and the guy that yeah. played solo was really good he, was, he did know, a pretty very, good very job fun. yeah i can accept him and, yeah and uh oh gosh what's his name that 
played Lando. Play, oh, he he stole that movie, man. He yeah, was awesome. he, he, <laughs> he was so he good. Was, and my God, uh, Glover, Donald Glover, I think it was. And how can you not love Chewbacca in that movie? You know, and then yes. seeing them, and that was just just so much fun. You know. Yeah. So uh, I kind of felt like had that movie been bigger and done better. And by the way, it wasn't a flop. They call it Star Wars first flop. It wasn't a flop. It made money. It made its yes, money it back. It made money by Star Wars standards. Yeah, it was low. <laughs> but by but it was old it wasn't a saga characters. film. So exactly, it was a exactly. side film. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I say. So um, so anyway, so saving Star Wars is about two Star Wars fans that accidentally kidnapped George Lucas. <laughs> so uh, I don't and know it's, if I it that. is funny. It's it's just a goofball well, comedy. It's yeah. just silly, and, and it's you know the fact that it's you know you can see that the budget was low, the cinematography yeah. is not great, the acting is not great, oh. some of the camera <laughs> angles are not great, the lighting is sound terrible is, at times. Sound is awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it did remind me a lot. I actually made a, a little fan film that's up on YouTube that would be a copyright infringement for every episode. I released it in bits called Supers, and it was me yeah. and my friend kind of making fun of Marvel's Civil War back when uh, the comics had come out before the film, long before the film. Right. But we crossed it over into having like DC Universe characters in there. And it was supposed to be five years after it was illegal to be a superhero. And I'm playing Spider-Man overweight. My buddy's playing an overweight <laughs> Superman. And we're both secretly trying to come out of retirement to go to stop Iron Man, wow. who's also out of overweight because he's commercialized the entire thing. And it's it's just that screwball. Sounds super. Yeah, that the sounds costumes awesome. are terrible on purpose. We you know, we yeah. I wanted it to feel like a slacker clerks film. You know, and right. then of course everything is very cheaply done. But we thought that's what added to the charm of the film. So, yeah, and it exactly. was about an hour running time. So, well, I will say this, and you're probably in the same boat. The best compliment that I got for saving Star Wars was from the director of the uh, London Science Fiction Film Festival. Not only did I drag my feet, I, I, I submitted the movie application, but I didn't send in the movie. I get a call from London. And this guy, Louis, Louis Savvy, is, is just an amazing guy. Uh, he Now it's called Sci-Fi London. He's got Sci-Fi Dubai. He's got Sci-Fi Boston, I believe. He's all over the place. Um, <laughs> and so he's amazing. He calls me up and he's like, you know, in his, in his British accent, he's like, you know, I never do this. He goes, you apply, you know, fill out the application. Don't send your film. I don't care. <laughs> he says, but. I want to see your movie. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah, it's two Star Wars fans kidnap George Lucas oh, accidentally. I want to know how that works out. So I'm like, yeah, oh, tie him well, up with Dental well, Floss. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's the with that? So is this my Dental Floss? That's my, one of my favorite films. Is this my Dental Floss? Like George Lucas is worried about his Dental Floss. Okay. But uh, so, uh, so I said, okay, I sent it to him. So he sees it and he goes, he goes, I got to tell you, you're in. He goes, and I had to pull rank on this one. He goes, everyone on my selection board said no. I finally had to say, it's my festival, and Saving Star Wars is going to play at my festival. There you and go. <laughs> he, the, the best compliment that he gave us was, he goes, it's true that, the, that technically the film is less than 100%. He said, but the content is like 110, 120 yeah, and it's, I think that's what fun. it is. As long as people are laughing, as long as people are engaging with the characters and the story, 
they're very forgiving about uh, the technical flaws. Right. I don't know that you can say the same for a drama <laughs> or an action <laughs> film, you know? Uh, all those technical aspects are more important, I think. But as long as they're laughing, they're, you know, they're, they're forgiving. You know? And yeah. my favorite thing is to watch it with a crowd because yeah. they... When you know when I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but when the when they first meet Lucas, uh, it's just it's huge, <laughs> uh, it's just yes. glorious, and the you know, and then it continues <laughs> while they search for his room, which I'm so proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just, you know, what it reminds me of it reminds me of a joke where uh, the guy's late home got late home got home late from golfing with his buddy bob and uh, he goes well he goes we were late because bob had a had a heart attack on on the ninth hole oh my, oh my goodness God, he, he goes, yeah he's fine and she, he goes well uh something like, i don't know how it ends up but he's bottom line is the uh why it took so long for them to get home is like you know we had to hit a ball and drag bob we had to hit a ball and drag <laughs> bob, man. Hit a ball and drag bob. so that reminds me of that joke, you know. Yes, like, it does. Check the door, drag Lucas. Check the door, drag Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it was so painfully funny because you're just like, oh, this is so terrible, but you're kidding. Oh, I and like, I wanted to drag that out. You know, I didn't want to make that quick. I wanted, I want to see them hit a lot of doors. <laughs> yes, it, it reminded me of Weekend at Bernie's there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I never thought of that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, but and that's and my friend, uh, my my friend and my um, partner too. One, he's not a Star Wars fan, Justin Eskew. Um, and he, what he really liked about, it, he said, and he says to this day, it's one of the funniest scripts he's ever read. Um, but what he loved about it was all the movie references. Yes. Uh, oh, oh my, your Agent Smith was perfect. Oh, he was great, wasn't he? He was oh my so God, perfect. Jason, Jason Wickcamp, I had no idea he was going to do such a great job, but yeah. And I was going to say too, as a, as a uh, the all of the stuff that he mentions in there, they've got that file on Woody, and all mm -hmm. the stuff that he mentions in there, like you ordered a Don Post Studio, but they uh, they returned your money when they ran out of masks, and you never reordered. Uh, that's true, I did that. Uh, you, I did mutilate all of my Star Wars action figures, making a little Super Eight stop motion movie. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember all the other stuff, but it's all, it's all, that's all true. That's all from my, my life. Um, so, uh, yeah, but he was amazing. And, you know, we wanted to play that scene exactly as it was, you know, in the matrix, but, you know, for, uh, for laughs. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but I threw in as many of just my favorite movies as I can, you know, there's clearly a Godfather scene in there. There's, um, <laughs> I'm um, trying to think if there was a Braveheart scene, but I did. Yeah. Use our our poster is the Braveheart tagline, you know, and uh, Braveheart was um, uh, not, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And so <laughs> our our tagline. I thought of that. Every, every saga has a has a beginning, but not every saga has to end. That's what it was. Yeah. My own. <clears throat> <laughs> and of course, the Saving Private Ryan, you know, poster. Oh yes, um, very much. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I can't. I, there was a lot of airplane references in there. We do the Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, we do. Like that. You know, if you love movies, and that's the thing, 
I don't think you have to be a Star Wars fan to like this movie. I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to get a lot of the jokes and the references. Right. Quotes, you know, I mean, the, the dirty hair, to me, one of the funniest parts is <laughs> Hank with the lightsaber and the dirty hair. The dirty hair. You know, this is a lightsaber. And take your head clean off. <laughs> yeah, more, and the, the funny part is it's a plastic toy that he's got the whole time. With like, that, really? You're going to take his head yeah. off with a plastic toy? Yeah. And you, and you know what? That's another good point, too. Is I See, I learned so much just from watching movies and listening to interviews. And, you know, and back in the day, you had to read them, you know. Yeah. Now there's podcasts and things. Well, I was worried and, and other people were worried about people not taking the lightsaber battle seriously. You know, and like, <clears throat> um, but the reality is they're not going to kill you, but they hurt like a mother if you get hit in the ear with one of those things, you know? Yeah, you can sting them. Or get slapped in the thigh, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's that. So, you know, basically, in the reality is they're not going to kill each other, but you don't want to get hit, so they're fighting for reals. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I didn't want to go, again, I wanted to be in the real world, so I did not have a problem. I was never, ever tempted to use real lightsabers, not real lightsabers, but, you know, the glowy, the glowy lightsabers. Right. Um, but I had read an interview years ago with Ivan Reitman and he was talking about Ghostbusters. He was talking about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And he said during the, the uh, test audiences and the premieres or whatever, he, um, he was in the back of the theater watching the movie. And it's like, and here comes the point. He said when the Stay Puft Marshmallow appeared, man appeared, he said either they were going to go absolutely freaking nuts or they were going to rip the seats out of the theater and come after him. <clears throat> said, but he didn't know what he said, but he said his hope was that if he had them the whole movie <clears throat> and built it up the correct way, they'll go with them anywhere. They'll mm-hmm. take that big leap. If not, then he lost them a long time ago. It wasn't to stay far from Marshmallow Man. It was he lost them, you know, an hour ago. Yeah. And so, you know, he said, you know, Dan, I think Dan Aykroyd says, the stay far Marshmallow Man. <clears throat> and then there's silence. <laughs> And he said, oh, crap. <laughs> and then the state put marshmallow, I mean, appears and the theater just exploded. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, yep, got him. <clears throat> and so that was my hope with the lightsaber battle. Yeah. <laughs> was that if they if they go and they, oh, this is stupid, you know, then I lost them a long time ago. But if we did it correctly and we slowly build up to it and we take our time getting into that, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's. <laughs> Just a ton of fun, you know. <laughs> and we've all been there, you know. We've yeah. all had lightsabers. <laughs> Even if it was a wiffle ball bat, you know, we'd fight with yeah, those. Absolutely. And those are sting when you get yeah. hit. Back, yeah, back in the day, you know, it oh, was yeah. the tree sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if I, that's another thing I'd like to go back and do would be shoot a scene showing the young Woody and Hank lightsaber battling with sticks and doing the yeah. moves uh, to see that originate, you know. So getting to that, what we're trying to do now is we want to go back. Here's the thing. It's a low-budget film, right? But it was shot with 15-year-old technology. Um, Now things are so much better. DSL cameras, you know, we can get the depth of field. Uh, We've learned a lot. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, So what I wanted to do, and the the kid that plays – young uh taylor or actually yeah the kid that plays taylor garrison the son that was was dying mm-hmm. he's now 15 years older he's an adult 
<laughs> so what I want to do is I want to go back and reshoot the opening scenes, the Saving Private Ryan, and the end scene. I want to shoot it shot for shot, uh, Saving Private Ryan. I want to use the real the the Scott Heffern who played Taylor Garrison. I want to use him as an adult to shoot that. So <laughs> giving it two things: one, giving it an actual fifteen-year gap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it'll also, if we shoot it really, really well, <coughs> um, by today's technology, the beginning and the ending will look great because it's present day, right? Right. Then when we flash back to the main body of the film 15 years ago, it'll have kind of that reverse Wizard of Oz feel. You know? Yeah. It literally will be 15 years ago. And right. And it will... People won't necessarily look at it as poor lighting, poor sound. They'll look at it as like, well, this is a 15-year-old movie. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the plan. And, of course, Woody and Hank, Jim and and Joe are also 15 years older. Mm -hmm. So we'll put them in the opening and the end scenes as well. So you can kind of see their age and progression. So, um, yeah, so I think in the end, like I said, I can add the scene with the uh, with the kids doing the move, the lightsaber battle. That's what we've seen the movie, um, and also insert me as Mac into that first scene where you see Lucas. Then it's a special edition, and <laughs> we'll we'll never stop tinkering with it. It's a very special go. edition. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. So that's the plan. In the meantime, we're also well. We made a we had made a second film, which was called Open Micers. Um, it's not available online yet. Actually, it is, but it's you know it's private. Uh, which I'll send you a link so you can take a look at it. But uh, Cindy Morgan of Caddyshack and Tron is wow. in that one. And wow! Yeah, she was she was a lot of fun to work with. It is a kind of a mockumentary style, like The Office, or you know, it's like I call it Best in Show set in a comedy club. Um, <laughs> and it's about a group of amateur comedians that are trying to win a slot as a house MC at a club and this kind of deranged uh, Dr. Strange love type of comedy guru self-proclaimed comedy puts them through all these weird paces you know, to try to teach them and, <clears throat> and everything so <clears throat> excuse me so uh, yeah I'll show you that one then right now what we're our biggest thrust right now working on a, a documentary it's a comedy documentary and it's called steve martin versus Terre Haute, indiana <laughs> which is <clears throat> it is a true story and i don't know if you're aware of this or not back in 79 steve martin was you know he was the first stadium comedian he played you know stadiums all over the country and uh playboy magazine did an interview with playboy magazine and they asked him what was the most nowhere town in America. He immediately said, Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> and <clears throat> he said, because one, it smells. It's a smelly town. Two, there's absolutely nothing open downtown to eat or to do anything after like six or seven o'clock. And the radio, the television stations, uh, like three stations, and they're all fuzzy. And I basically just got a lot of fertilizer commercials <laughs> so when Terre Haute got wind of this um they said well okay all that may be true <laughs> but <clears throat> we've got some good things too 
So long story short, they actually invited Steve Martin to come back, and it turned it happened to coincide with the release of the Jerk. <laughs> so he took him up on it. He came back, and they basically spent um, the day just messing with him, just <laughs> giving him a hard time. They uh, they gave him a rental car with busted out windows. Um, they took him through the their first brand new automatic car wash. <laughs> they, um, they there's a notorious train track crossing there that's you know you can spend an hour waiting the trains there so they got him hung up there uh they oh they took him a tour of the uh, ammonia plant which made fertilizer <laughs> uh they took him to jones and bb's tractor sales and repair and they gave him a ten dollar gift certificate that he could spend on whatever he wanted um gosh what else did they do <laughs> but you see you know so they had a sense of humor about it right <clears throat> yeah so all's well he gives a speech and he's like you know uh i i see the air in my ways blah 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 and he goes and i Terre Haute does not know where the usa he goes nowhere the usa is actually albuquerque <laughs> <laughs> so um and he also said he since since he was so wrong he's going to have the premiere the world premiere of the jerk in Terrebonne, Indiana, which he did. Mm. So uh, every, all is well. They all go their separate ways. Fast forward to I think it was eighty eighty one with the movie Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. At the end of Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, the Nazi played by Karl Reiner is trying to destroy the world with the Nazi cheese mold and. Um, he only succeeds because Steve Martin foils him. He only succeeds in destroying Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve Martin says, damn, and they were about to get a public library. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he went on the Steve Allen show and he actually showed the footage of him going to Terre Haute and again, completely kept making fun of Terre Haute. You know, um, this and that. It was just, it's just this constant lighthearted feud, and it's been going on for 40 years now. Wow. As early as, as recently as 2013, he was interviewed in the Indianapolis Star when he was nearby, uh, and they asked him about it. And he goes, yeah, that was a fun excursion. Uh, he goes, but I'm sure Terrell has, has two-story buildings by now. <laughs> so he just keeps keeps picking at him so we're going to make this documentary that's going to relate all that in a funny way uh we're going to be very exaggerating about it you know like steve martin really is a jerk <laughs> you know <laughs> um we're going to appeal to his sense of humor and the, and also uh, i'm working with the city council i'm working with the indiana state university alumni foundation and we're trying really hard to get an official invitation to have him back because for one thing, is the, the the factories and things that made Terre Haute smell, which it was a renowned, infamous smell. Everyone knows Terre Haute smelled, or did. <laughs> They're all gone. All the factories are gone. So this town doesn't stink anymore. They've got cable. Uh, and there's a nightlife downtown now. So all of that, they want them to come back and see how they've grown. But they're also, well, I'm trying to get them to like, rename something in his honor. Uh, like, for example, the Crossroads of America uh, goes through Terrell in Indiana, uh, US 40 and something else. Um, and there's a manhole cover there. And that's my favorite idea because I would just love to say Steve Martin's manhole, uh, <laughs> you know. 
and have a you know have a manhole cover that's you know that's dedicated to the Steve, the Steve Martin manhole or whatever, right? The more appropriate one might be, uh, though I, I'm trying to talk to them about renaming their library, the Steve Martin Public Library. Yeah. Considering, considering what he's joking about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and get him to come, get him to be there for that. Also, now with his band, we'll, we'll give his band a job, we'll bring them in to play. Yeah. You know? uh, and since it is the 40th anniversary of The Jerk, what better way to you know celebrate that with where it started since they had right. him here, here why not have a 40th anniversary showing with him in attendance so we're hoping all this is going to come together however it comes together or doesn't doesn't we'll you know we'll make the story there you go <laughs> you know oh oh the other thing too, what we're going to do this is this is actually great in the trailer for dead and Detmer platt he it's hilarious you can look this up online trailer dead and Detmer platt he talked, Steve Martin said, hey, I made two movies this summer or this year, and you're going to see one of them this, in the theaters this summer. Uh, your seats are electronically wired to this buttometer. Simply by registering your vote, you can, or by tensing your buttocks, you can register your vote. Because, so the first movie was, is shot on location in Terre Haute, Indiana, called Manure for the Millions. <laughs> and uh, the other one was Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, a comedy thriller, you know, directed by Carl Reiner. So he adds them, he goes, all those who want to see Manure for the Millions shot on location to go in a tense your buttocks now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it goes a little bit, you know, and then who wants to see a Dead Martin Plaid? Uh, this, uh, so, the thing is, though, obviously he did not make Manure for the Millions in Terry, right. Indiana. <laughs> you know? So, why? <laughs> know what after 40 years we kind of think that it's time to make more for the man then we're going to shoot it in tear up so uh <laughs> we're going to make that movie now can we get steve martin in it even for a minute maybe i don't know we'll see if he comes <laughs> then yeah you know <laughs> that would be funny <sighs> yeah so we'll also be part of the documentary you know the yeah. movie and then when that all said none we'll have a we'll have a movie uh and actually <laughs> What we're doing right now with that is we are using seed, seed and Spark. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's kind of like a kickstart. Oh, okay. So do their own distribution if you want to. What your audience with so audience for this movie, uh, and also we're going to put the Saving Star Wars uh, redo on there. Next movie that I decided to make our audience is already there they follow us you know with it so yeah. um we'll send you the link to that right now we're in preview we're not have money uh just asking for followers we're, we you know the more followers we get the more resources we unlock in spark our first goal is 250 followers our second goal is 500 so each one of those levels gives us certain resources through seed and spark so the more um, the more followers we can get, the better. Awesome. So uh, I'll send you a link for that, and also I'll send you our Facebook. There's, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, uh, and you know we're we're really gearing up right now. Like I said, we're taking our time with this one. We want to get right. Uh, 
the only deadlines are the ones we impose on ourselves. There you go. So, you know, <laughs> we got all the time in the world. And as long as, uh, you know, nobody dies on us, <laughs> uh, then you know, we've got that time. So yeah. pretty excited about that. And I would encourage everyone to, to jump on board with that one, just to follow the project because it's going to be hilarious. You yeah. know, even if ultimately, if you don't participate in terms of, you know, 10 bucks or whatever, just follow us because it's, it's going to be a blast. So and there's on Facebook, we've got a, um, a production uh, notes group. We've also got a lunch with Gary group, which we're going to be starting up here real soon where uh, every day, Monday through Friday, I'm going to do a live broadcast at lunch. I usually don't eat, so I'm either working or taking care of things, you know, and just kind of talk and, and have special guests and, you know, uh, just kind of make that, make that a fun thing too. So right now, anybody can join those groups. Uh, once we go live on CD Spark, they'll be part of the funding process so uh, you know you have to you'll have to throw some money into the hat <laughs> to get yeah. to get on, on so so yeah i'll send you all those links if you get awesome. the passes on that would be awesome and we don't have the star wars one up going yet the saving star wars but we're going to be getting that one too so i will uh there's a saving star wars facebook page which is very active uh twitter not as active but we're on there uh but so they can always find uh, Saving Star Wars on Facebook and Twitter, too. And keep, like those pages and follow the Twitter page, and they'll get information on that as well when we're, uh, when we're headed to do that one. So hopefully, hopefully we're going to shoot that this summer as well. Awesome. Because we'll be shooting the Steve Martin Terre Haute documentary late summer into fall and, and probably into winter a little bit, too. Because uh, that's when he, he came in December, if I remember right. So we're probably going to try to hit that hit that same 40-year anniversary, so. Time out! The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages! C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, Imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana podcast on iTunes because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. Dr. The Disney Bunsen Indiana Podcast. Syndrome. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. Time in! Now back to the program!
America did not exist. Four centuries of work, bloodshed, loneliness, and fear created this land. We built America, and the process made us Americans. A new breed, rooted in all races, stained and tinted with all colors, a seeming ethnic anarchy. Then, in a little time, we became more alike than we were different. A new society. Not great, but fitted by our very faults for greatness. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Twain. What's that? Perhaps you recognize those inspiring words from one of America's great writers. Uh, no, Dr. Franklin, I don't recall writing anything like that. Oh, my, of course not. They're from the pen of John Steinbeck, back in the 20th century. Why, it seems he has nearly the same spirit as the founding fathers themselves. Well, listen to the proud elder statesman. Mr. Twain, pride is one of our national passions. Even those who overcome it are proud of their humility. Easy now. I was born modest. Fortunately, it wore off. Uh, Dr. Franklin is our genuine American antique. I suppose our story begins with you. Actually, it started long before even my time. It started when dreams and visions of a new world were shrouded in the myths and legends of an old world. Finally, through those early mists of uncertainty, sailed the first great adventurers. This tiny ship is the Mayflower, carrying pilgrims in search of their dream, a dream of religious freedom. So, if you'll pardon an old man's pride, for me, this is the beginning of the American adventure. From welcoming the early settlers, this land severely challenged them. It was a struggle for survival that gained but a tiny toehold in a vast, untamed wilderness. In the decades that followed, a new challenge began to emerge. We were growing more and more apart from the mother country. Passion began to govern, and she never governs wisely. 
the British think it's fools we be. If they tax our trade, then our land be next, and soon all else we possess. Hear me now. You ask defense against the French and the Indians. Should you not help pay for it? Parliament's colonial policy is both arbitrary and unjust. That's nonsense. The same tea that costs you three shillings a pound costs us six. First, we spoke out with our voices. Then, we spoke out with action, with a growing defiance that led to the Boston Tea Party. Hear ye! Hear ye! By royal proclamation, His Majesty King George III hereby sets... Look at this! They're closing the harbor! But surely we can work something out. Our king feels we've wronged him. Your king, you Tory! Either we cut the ties with England, or we surrender our liberty! Finally, the time had come to speak with one voice in a declaration of independence. Ah, good evening, Mr. Jefferson. Have you finished the new draft yet? Those are new drafts all over the floor, Dr. Franklin. It seems one stroke of this pen brings two changes from Congress. I told you John Adams should have written this. Oh, by his own admission, you can write circles around him. Mr. Adams has not been prisoner in this loft for 17 days. I shall continue tomorrow. You must continue now. Thomas, it is difficult to make 13 clocks chime at the same time, but we must carefully justify this separation. Dr. Franklin, while you slept soundly through the meeting this afternoon, we did manage to justify separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. another night up here. At least you got shoes, mate. There's not a dozen left what can say that. Ah, don't tell me, friend. Tell the good general there. Tell him that half his camp has got typhus, smallpox, or dysentery. And there be not a ration amongst us. Now we can forage for hickory nuts. Aye, while the English overindulge in our Philadelphia's fine food and drink. Uh, Tis a strange war we shoulder, George Washington. Congress sleeps warmly in York. And the British, the British party in Philadelphia. And we freeze or starve to death here in Valley Forge. Be on the run and the ships will homeward sail. Oh, it's a great delight.
people prevail and achieve perhaps our greatest dream. 13 very different colonies became the United States of America, and we were free to become an entire nation of dreamers and doers. Westward bound, Dr. Franklin, to new frontiers. To the age of Samuel Langhorn Clemens. Well, I like to think Mark Twain was part of all that. Yes, sir, Dr. Franklin. You founding fathers gave us a pretty good start, don't you know? We still had some things to learn the hard way. Seems a whole bunch of folks found out we the people didn't yet mean all the people. Folks like Frederick Douglass. Even amidst the cricket song here along Mark Twain's beloved Mississippi, I hear the noise of chains and the crack of the whip. Yet, there is hope. Hope born from the words of Harriet Beecher Stowe. Uncle Tom's cabin has given our nation a key which can unlock the slave prison to millions. Anti-slavery is no longer a thing to be prevented. It is grown too abundant to be snuffed out like a lantern. Troublemakers like Douglas got us into this mess. He only wanted freedom, oh. not war. Well, listen to my abolitionist brother. What? Pa, he's gonna make a real good Billy Yank. We got a good cause, Johnny Reb. Quiet, both of you. You're gonna ruin Ma's birthday. No, no. Ain't nothing gonna ruin today. We're all together. That's what counts. Now, you go ahead, Mr. Brady. All right, everybody. Oh, real still now. Two brothers on their way, two brothers on their way, two brothers on their way, one wore blue and one wore gray. One wore blue and one wore gray as they marched along their way. The fife and drum began to play all on a beautiful morning One was gentle, one was kind One was gentle, one was kind One came home, one stayed behind A cannonball, don't be no mind Cannonball, don't pay no mind If you're gentle or if you're kind It don't think of the folks behind All on a beautiful morning All on a beautiful morning 
At last, the terrible civil war ended. The time had come to rebuild our shattered nation. And a new wave of immigrants would help us do it. From around the world they came, these new Americans. A thousand noble currents, wrote Herman Melville, all pouring into one. Seems there was a new dawn coming for the American adventure. Enough! Enough of your words! Let your new dawn lead to the final sunset on my people's suffering. When I think of our condition, my heart is heavy. I see men of my own race treated as outlaws or shot down like animals. I hope that all of us may be brothers with one country around us and one government for all. From where the sun now stands, I will fight no more. Forever. The wisdom of the great Chief Joseph reminded us once again of our long, painful journey through the frontiers of human liberty. Woman has shown equal devotion with man to the cause of freedom. Together, they have made this country what it is. We ask justice. We ask equality be guaranteed to us and our daughters forever. Well, here we are, back in the heat of Franklin's Philadelphia again. We're a hundred years old today. It came a long way in that first century. But like Susan B. Anthony, we're still speaking out. And why shouldn't we, Mr. Twain? As Tom Edison says, discontent is the first necessity of progress. Edison, uh, afraid I don't place the name. Edison's that young phonograph inventor. Why, this great hall is filled with new inventions. There's Otis Elevator, Corliss Magnificent Steam Engines. And don't forget me telephone, the true hallmark of progress. Aha! Behold the proud Scots. That's right. Carnegie Steel built this place. Aye, and it'll soon build a new concert hall for New York. Oh, Carnegie Hall, eh? It'll never last. But donating libraries. Andy, that's a grand idea. Tis an age for grand ideas. An era for innovation. A dawn for new awareness. A time to challenge the frontiers of a new century. century on the wings of invention and the winds of change. But our America, the beautiful, she was changing too. 
We needed people like Teddy Roosevelt and an outspoken naturalist, John Muir, to get our attention. Beautiful. Bully beautiful. Those falls are magnificent. Aye, Mr. President. But it won't last if the timber thieves have their way. John, you may be right, but the country's growth is putting a tremendous demand on our resources. Any fool can destroy trees. Why, for more than 3,000 years, God has cared for our giant sequoias, saved them from drought, disease, avalanches, and floods. But he cannot save them from fools. Now, John, you know I can't ask lumbering to stop completely. All I ask is that we stop massive destruction. What will our children inherit? Seedlings? Of course not. I realize we're not building this country for a generation alone. I know we've got to expand our parks. Then start it here and now. Make this valley a part of Yosemite National Park. Well, I guess we needed those national parks. Seems the simple life of my day was slipping away. Ready or not, we were soon thrust into the hectic role of a world leader and into the war to end all wars. More than 33 grueling, non-stop hours after his departure from New York, Captain Charles Augustus Lindbergh successfully landed his Spirit of St. Louis in Paris last week. Lucky Lindy's solo flight across the Atlantic has certainly placed him among the greatest in a long line of American pioneers. Today, October 29th, 1929, Wall Street became America's greatest wall of rubble. This stock market crash has tarnished the golden dreams of millions. Once I built a tower to the sun, brick and rivet and lime. Once I built a tower, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Spare a dime? <laughs> sure. Buy four of my apples, and I'll loan you back to ten cents. <laughs> hey, Sam. <laughs> I heard tell there's New York millionaires are selling apples, too. <laughs> you, you means ex-millionaires, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it looks like the storm is finally letting up. Well, maybe the Sunday drivers will come out hunting for gas. Ain't many folks who pay no 18 cents a gallon. Hey, hey, listen, fellas. Old FDR's been inaugurated. The whole truth, frankly and boldly, this great nation will endure, as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah, I sure hope he's right. Folks could use a little prosperity around these parts. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Before this depression, we sure had enjoyed special blessings. Hold it. But you I know, think it's it Will Rogers. To me that we was a mighty cocky nation. We'd begun to believe that the height of civilization was an automobile, a radio, and a bathtub. Of course, now we're a whole lot smarter. Now Congress wants to trim down the Navy so it'll fit into the bathtub, too. You know, it seems to me like we're the only nation in the world that waits till we get into a war before we start getting ready for it. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air Think you'll ever get this old top back in the fight? We'll sure try, sailor. Hey, what did you fellas do? Let the whole Nazi fleet use you for target practice? Yeah, no wonder they got us working double shifts. Great way to celebrate the holidays with our guys over there. Cheer up, Jane. Maybe we'll all be together by next Okay, engine stop. 
Mr. Twain, what do you think of our America now? I think the Founding Fathers never dreamed of an America like this. <laughs> of course not. We weren't dreamers. We were visionaries. That is why our Constitution withstands the rigors of time. Easy now, Dr. Franklin. This nation's still just a youngster, don't you know? Why, some countries have been around for 50 centuries. We're uh, barely into our third. That's true, but look what we've accomplished in that tiny span of time. My dear doctor, earlier you found John Steinbeck so inspiring, and he also sounded this warning. We now face the danger which in the past has been the most destructive to the human, success plenty, comfort, and ever-increasing leisure. No dynamic people has ever survived these dangers. I may have invented these bifocals I'm wearing, but I can assure you they are not rose-colored. Mr. Twain, the golden age never was the present age, but with human liberty, we can fulfill the promise and meaning of America. To everyone a chance, believe Thomas Wolfe. To all people, regardless of their birth, the right to live, to work, to be themselves, and to become whatever their visions can combine to make them. This is the promise of America. Mr. Twain, tis easy to see, hard to foresee, but I foresee the American adventure to continue a long, long time. Oh, man, it's all. 
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.